0: welcome to my eighth life lesson and what is it trust in god through it all trust in god through it all trust in god trust in god i mean that is something that we have heard a number of times um, you are going through a challenge and someone will say just trust god just trust god uh something happens and someone we'll says just trust god and we make it sound like trusting in God is just so easy, or trusting in God is something that we naturally just come into. The truth is it should actually be our default status uh, where as believers as you know uh, sons and daughters of God, we naturally come into that place where we trust God, but it's amazing that we found ourselves in a generation of believers that trust God when it's convenient. And that's the area I just want to touch on this evening briefly, just to encourage somebody. Uh, somehow we have been given a gospel that suggests that you wouldn't have to go through any trial or you wouldn't have to go through any challenging time and so when you do go through those times uh, sometimes it comes across like you lack faith it comes across like god is angry with god or god is angry at you it comes across like oh maybe you're not praying enough it comes across like, oh, maybe there's something you have done in the past that is haunting you now. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm actually talking about the pure African Christianity, you know, whereby we just have to attach something to things, especially when they're not going right. We always believe that when things are not going right, it can never be God. Some people have been given that gospel, and they have received it hook, line, and thinker. But what I want to share with you today is, we need to begin to understand, as mature believers, that trusting in God is something that comes with our responsibility as sons of God. It's not optional. And it's not time-bound. You don't trust in God when the good is good. And then when you are faced with a challenge, all of a sudden, God is not faithful. Or the flip side, all of a sudden, you've done something wrong. We, You know, I think some sometimes, or most times, we, we try to capture God in us. With our human reasoning, our human mind. We try to capture God. We try to, you know, define God and explain God based on the way we think. Based on our limited knowledge, insight and understanding. We can never, this our brain, can never capture the totality, the essence of God. It cannot we don't even have the capacity for it. That's just the truth. And so we always, most times, explain God based on, with our human reasoning. So we try to say things like, ah, God must be angry, I must have done something, because that's how we feel as human beings, we respond to things like that. So we feel like, and that, that and that's what we see play out. So a, 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 A house girl or a child has offended their parent or their guardian. And then the next thing is that the guardian will withdraw food and say, You, this child, you will not eat in this house. And then will punish the child by withdrawing food from the person. No, and we just assume that is how God is. That any small thing you do, God just uses it as an avenue and an opportunity to withdraw some things from you. Or as an opportunity to, to teach you a lesson. No, God is not God is not human. God doesn't. He's not reactive. <laughs> the moment God is reactive, then he ceases to be God. Then we cannot trust him. That means the moment you do something, then that means God is emotional. God is not emotional. Does he express emotions? Yes, but he's not an emotional God. He's not an emotional God. He's not going to do something. So the moment you err, you then he's like, mm-hmm, it's, that's not God. Oftentimes, when we go through trials, it is not against us. And I want you to understand that even as the scripture says, he says he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. That's what the scripture says. And I believe it. He says he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you have capacity for. And so when we go through trying times, it's not God trying to flex muscles. It's not God trying to punish you. When the Bible says, whoever is born again is a new creature. All things are passed away. Can we just take that scripture like it is like that and not try and embellish it? He says, all things are passed away. Behold, everything is made new. He's not one to be reminding you and be carrying placard everywhere you go and be telling you, hey, remember you did this. You see yourself now. You've done it again. That's not God. He says, when you're born again, all things have become past tense. I have no record of them. I've started on a clean plate with you. We always think being born again is God refurbishing our lives. Like he takes our old life and then he just tries to refurbish it, remove the uh, parts, the heart that is bad, put a new heart, uh, uh, put this one, put that one, and just refurbish it and just make it look good. No, he doesn't refurbish it. God does not refurbish our lives, pardon me. What he does is that he takes that life, throws it out, and gives us a brand new life in Christ Jesus. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's why he says he's a new creature. You never existed. This you that we are experiencing after the cross, after being born again, is a brand new you. And that's why you now need the manual for this new life to be able to live it. Is someone getting it? So how did we even get into all of that? <laughs> Just trying to tell us that God is not he's not he's not trying he he's not a reactionary god. We need to understand that and we need to trust God through it all. The good times, the bad times. The good times, the trying, trying times. The times when you don't see him, when you don't seem to hear him. The times when it seems like all hell is breaking loose. I mean, Paul was in the boat. He was being captured. He he said I have become a prisoner for the sake of the gospel. He was being captured and he was being taken to Jerusalem. And the Bible says there was a mighty storm and the boat was being flooded with water. This was uh uh uh. This was Paul, who was the bearer of the gospel. I mean, God entrusted him with the gospel to, gospel to the Gentiles. You would think such a person, his life would just be easy peasy. No, have you not read it that they were uh, uh when he was describing and he was saying things about being uh um how did he describe it? Paul said that we were. We were broken but we were not in despair. You know, you know that scripture where he was saying all those things and how so many things. And then he talked about the number of stripes he has received for Christ. He talked about how they despaired even for life itself. This is Paul. But did he renounce God? Did he say God is not faithful because of that? At least he's doing, he's doing the work of God. The Bible says there was a storm. And the people were afraid and Paul prayed to God. And an angel of the Lord appeared and assured him and said, you will not lose anyone here. What about even after he left that shipwreck and they landed in Malta? And the Bible says they were taking sticks to, to make fire and a snake wrapped itself around his hand. And they were waiting to see him swell and die. Because people had concluded that this guy, ah, his past has catch up with him. That like he escaped the, the shipwreck, but it's like his past is still haunting him. Is that not what we do? Whenever we see anything out of what we are familiar with, or maybe it just seems a, a bit of discomfort, or, or something that just shakes us out of our, 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 uh, our comfort zone, and then we are quick to say, God is not faithful. We are quick to say, why me? Trust in God through it all. Did He say there won't be hard times? There will be hard times. Did He say there won't be times when you would want to ask God and say, "Ah Lord,"? Did He say there won't be times when you would almost feel like you've lost all hope? That was what Paul said. Paul said we 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 um we I, I can't remember the exact word, but it was something like as if we 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 grasped for hope, as if we were looking for hope. Almost saying that they were hopeless, but yet yeah, God showed up. God showed up. Or are you like someone like Joseph? God has given you a word, and then you just expect everything will just happen. Bam, 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 and then the next thing, in the bam, 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 bam is Pete Potiphar's house prison before palace. And then you're wondering, or you want, are you like David, whom God has anointed before your brothers and said you're going to be king? And then here you are, chucked out of the palace. I wonder what his brothers would have been thinking at that time. Shoton, is that not it? You yeah, are anointed, anointed, anointed king. And look at you now. You were in the palace. They even helped you. gave you. The king even gave you, gave you a wife. A daughter as his wife. Life was good for you. But look at you now. You are now a fugitive. People could have said that. And questioned the word of God over his life. Questioned the anointing, question what God has said. The Bible says that the winds fell, the winds came, the the rain fell, the winds blew, sorry. And it came to check the foundation on which the house was built. He said, but the house that was built upon the rock stood firm. Even the parable of the sower, the seed that didn't have roots in itself, the Bible says that the wind came. The Bible says the visitation of life attacked it and because it did not have roots in itself. And the Bible says that those things came to test the word. God didn't promise us a life without trials. No, He didn't promise us that. He didn't promise you a life where you would... How then do you, how then do you prove your sonship? Sonship is taking responsibility. Sonship is God putting you, uh, giving you uh, uh, responsibility, handling situations that will test the authenticity of your commitment to Him. It doesn't mean He's angry with you. It doesn't, and sometimes He would use some of us as 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 experiment, as it were, not experiment per se, but He will use some of us as case study. To become a pattern unto others. Like someone like Abraham. Now we all use Abraham as a reference point. But if you were in his shoes waiting for a child for 25 years. God took you one day. Took you outside. He said look up. You said the stars of the clinical. And you are wondering and you are saying. One you have not given me. You are telling me to count stars. Give me one first now. Then I can count stars. <laughs> Sometimes. God uses our lives. You want to talk about Moses? After Moses would have wondered and said, did I have to come at a time when Pharaoh was killing people? Why didn't I come before? Why? Why must my own life follow this pattern? But today, all these people, or you want to talk about uh, Noah, that had to damn what people were saying and build an ark that took almost 100 years to build. And he was consistent, building, building, building. They were laughing and mocking. People were giving themselves in marriage and marrying and having fun and throwing parties and he was going to the construction site every day and building. And I'm sure they were looking at him and wondering and saying, Guy, what's wrong with you? I mean, seriously. He was talking about rain. Now I want you to understand the 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 reason why the mockery was so intense in that time at that time rather, it was because what Noah was saying was going to happen had never happened. It had never rained. He said, guys, it's going to rain. What's rain? Rain. Something has never happened. Rain. From where to where? He didn't even say rain. He said, Flood is coming. What is flood? We've not even seen rain. You're talking flood. Trust in God through it all. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not with a part of your heart. Not when the good is going well. It says, And lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes you don't have a full understanding. He says, the peace of the Lord that passeth all understanding. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Sometimes you don't have the full picture. Sometimes you don't totally understand. And God is not at your mercy. God is not obligated to be explaining to you everything. Trust me. He's God. Now, it doesn't mean he will mismanage your life or push you around. No. He already gave us his scripture. Gave us his word to guide us, to comfort us, to lead us at seasons like this, to encourage us, to remind us. Even his own son went through things. The Bible says he was at Gethsemane, praying, and his sweat was like drip, dripping like blood. And he was praying. He said, let this cup pass over me. And his father was looking at him. Even on the cross, he said, you have forsaken me. Because the father turned his eyes. He says, for nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. When the angel showed up at Mary's door and said, you are going to conceive. You guys think it was just something easy. This is a, a virgin, a young lady engaged to be married. And you are telling her that I'm going to come into your life. And I'm really going to turn your life upside down. Right up, right side up. (laughs) It's not funny, guys. It's no joke. How do you do that? Of course, all Mary could do and say was, Be done to me according to your word. I can't fight you. I can't question you. I may not understand you because she said, How shall these things be? Trust in God through it all, through the ups, through the downs, through the, the low, through the high. Paul said, "I've know how to abase and how to abound. Some of us only know how to abase, how to abound. Sorry, we don't even know how to abase. We don't know how to 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 keep our heads high, even when we don't have all the answers." The last thing I'm going to say about this trusting and go through it all is that we need to understand that our lives are designed to go in seasons and in phases. That's how life is designed. Between two days is a night. Without a night season, you don't step into a new day. And it's so designed that way, that God to take you to the next day. And I'm sure you all know that when you step into the next day, that means that you are growing. That means you're advancing because you are a day older. And that means you're advancing and you're growing. But you have to go through the night. You have to sleep through the night and come into the next morning. It's the same thing with our growth process. It's the same thing with our experience with God. He will help us enjoy a day season. But to introduce us into the next day, sometimes he would have to introduce the night season. Where you just have to trust him. The Bible says Abraham believed against all hope. Contrary to hope, he believed. And the Bible says, through rejoicing, he believed God, that he was able to call those things that be not as though they are. When we say, God, I trust you, let's say with all our heart. Let's trust him through it all, not some of the time, not when it's good. Let's learn, let's cultivate the habit. Let's trust the Holy Spirit to help us. Sometimes, most times, these things are not easy. Sometimes, most times, these things don't come easy. It will check the authenticity of our faith. Trust me. So I'm not speaking as one who feels like, oh yeah, you should be able to. No, I know, I understand. Sometimes you wonder and you say, but God, is you and trusting. Sometimes you wonder and you ask yourself, Lord, where do we go from here? And sometimes you don't even hear him. Sometimes he just feels like you're in a world of your own and you're wondering what is happening. Trust in God through it all. Our ability to trust in God is given to us through the help of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't have what it takes to really trust in God. And that's my prayer. For as many as are going through a trying time and going through that phase, that night season, That face where you don't have all the answers. That face when it's just feeling, looking so difficult to trust in God. Your heart really wants to, but the reality before you is contrary. I'm praying that your heart is strengthened. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will step in and open your eyes, guide you through, show you that He's with you and that He will never leave you, nor forsake you. And He's not punishing you. He's not dealing with you. No, he's not doing that he's not he's not he's not closing his his ears and and forming deaf ears to your prayers. No, that's not God. He's ever mindful of you and I believe strongly that God is working everything together for your good. Thank you so much for tonight for joining me. I hope this has encouraged someone, and this has blessed someone It has encouraged me it has blessed me. And um, I'll see you tomorrow, by God's grace, 10 p.m. And uh, we're going to look at the ninth lesson. And I hope that that will bless you too as well. In Jesus' name. Thank you. And thank you for those who stayed up till now. <laughs> I, I trust that it was worth your staying up um, till now. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful night rest. And um, enjoy your weekend. Chao.